Welcome to the Geek Tiki Podcast, where geeks assemble. Ah, Beige Smash! And I'm here with my co-host, Beige. <laughs> I did it too early. Oh, That's man. Okay. I like to be smashed. Um, anyway, today we are talking about the uh, the current state of the MCU. So if you don't know, the MCU is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Beej and I have been talking about it a lot lately because I have finally gotten, well, you guys now know my backlog system, but I've gotten far enough down my list of like shows and movies that one of the next things on there was to go back and rewatch a bunch of the MCU movies that I've only seen once. And give them some of them. It's I just wanted to rewatch them, and some of them was I think I need to give this another shot and see if it's really as bad as I remember. <laughs> and uh, I did that recently, <laughs> and so we've been talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and you know we we talked about Captain America: uh, Civil War when that came out, and that was really fun to do. So I think we're gonna try to just kind of like all we have here in front of us. We have a list of all of the MCU movies and TV sh- shows that are out right now. And I th- we're just going to talk about it. Um, we're going to try not to slip into a general review of any of these because I'm pretty sure we could accidentally do that. But <laughs> besides, very easily, yeah. Yeah, I mean the way that we talk about these, we have opinions on most of them. But yeah, where do you want to start? What do you think? Do we start at the beginning with Iron Man? I guess or? we should. I, well, even before Iron Man, you know, thinking about. Where were we? What was your idea of comic book movies before the MCU came out? Before The Incredible Hulk, before Iron Man, when there was no idea of a collected universe? How did you feel about comic book movies not having been so much of a comic book guy your entire life? I liked the Spider-Man movies, and I liked the first two X-Men movies, but... um. I guess I wasn't completely sold on like comic books as a genre of movie. You know, it it depended on the hero. It had to be someone that I connected to already. I didn't give a whole lot of thought to the Marvel Cinematic Universe until a few movies in, you know, like it it didn't occur to me that it was going to be such a thing that I would get so invested in. Okay, I get that. And see, for me, being the comic book guy my entire life, loving the Spider-Man movies, the X-Men movies, heck, I even liked the Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck in it. I mean, I was, I liked these. And then Iron Man, they announced Iron Man. And I don't know, I don't know if people remember this, but Iron Man is not, or was not, I guess I should say, is wasn't a household name at that point. People, He was not a major character. Spider-Man and the X-Men were the flagship characters at Marvel at this point. And having, having uh, Iron Man announced as this next big movie, it was kind of like, why would they pull out their B-team for this? I, I don't know anything about Iron Man. Most people I know didn't know anything about Iron Man. Then they cast Robert Downey Jr., and I'm just like, um, well, that's perfect casting. I mean, who better to play an alcoholic womanizing jerk than an alcoholic womanizing jerk? Hey, awesome. And then it turns out he's a really nice human being. He's beating all of his addiction and stuff. But that's afterward. That's when I see all of this stuff. I'm like, wow, that is that is perfect casting. Maybe this will be OK. Maybe this is going to be something. And they're actually going to make Iron Man interesting. And now kids and adults and all of us can't get enough of Iron Man. I just think it's really interesting that, to me, he was a B-team character, and to a lot of people, they were like, who's Iron Man? I've never heard of him. Is he a robot? No, I, I can see that, and I've heard that from other people um, now that I've, I'm more invested in the MCU, but at the time, I it just, it didn't even cross my radar at all. I didn't give any thought to Iron Man or any of that stuff until after the movie was out and it was getting good reviews. And I was like, oh, here, we'll go check out this summer right. blockbuster. That was the only thing I thought about it. No, no other thoughts about casting or what it meant for anything or him being a B-lister. Like, you know, I didn't have the comic book knowledge to know any of that stuff. Okay, that makes sense then. So, yeah, going into Iron Man, compl- I'm actually kind of jealous of going into Iron Man completely fresh like that because I was almost that way. I'd never really read Iron Man, but I'd seen him in Avengers comics and just crossovers and stuff like that. Uh, I think I had read Civil War at that point. Was Civil? I don't remember if Civil War was at that point, but it was that kind of thing that I'd, I'd seen Iron Man in. So it was interesting to me that coming from almost the same thing, but still having known about him. So yeah, I didn't expect a lot out of the MCU. It's kind of amazing. to. I mean, I'm looking back at the list we have here, and 
they didn't really start bringing any of these guys together until the Avengers. So it was a good solid four years where all of the heroes were separate and they were just hinting at things, which now it feels weird that, I mean, I, I know they all had solo movies, but it feels weird that they weren't constantly crossing over like they do now. You know, when somebody has a solo movie, it's not weird to see another hero show right. up in it now, even though that's the main character. Just like, um, I, I still thought it was weird that it was Captain America Civil War instead of like Avengers Civil War, you know? Yeah. But I guess that for me, that was always the he's the one who's taking front. Whoever they're telling the main narrative about is going to be who gets the title of the movie. So it Civil War was a backdrop for the story that was being told about him. Kind of like Infinity War is going to be the story that's told around the Avengers and things like that. I, I didn't I thought that was weird as well, but I just took it from a narrative standpoint. So I guess the other thing that I'm really curious about, and I, I kind of know this because you and I talk about it anyway, but right. Like, what are your favorites? Like, if I have to cherry pick the movies I'm going to watch or the shows I'm going to watch out of the MCU as a whole, now that there's a whole bunch of it, you know, we're technically we're in phase three of movies. And then I don't think the shows have phases, but we have a bunch of shows now. And if I have to pick my favorites, I love the Avengers. And going back and rewatching things, I'm amazed how well that movie holds up. It's so good. It's it's really good. Like, it's one of those where I use it as examples in class of people who want to know what a good, well-put-together, technically-put-together movie is. And when they when I talk to my students about it, everybody's seen it. Everybody's seen The Avengers, and they almost universally love it. There's only a handful of people I ever have who say they don't like it or don't know it. And that's why I think it's just so ubiquitous. It is so good that it's become an example for me to use with people who don't know this kind of movie that that everybody sees everybody knows it's kind of the benchmark standard of awesome so i don't even consider it one of my favorite movies just because it's there by default yeah and it it's so well done i mean going back and watching a bunch of the early movies it's kind of like oh i have a new appreciation for this because i'm connected to the characters more now that i'm deeper into the mcu and going back and getting like their backstory told to me again reveals more about the character to me so it's interesting but it doesn't necessarily make it a fantastic movie like i don't need to go back and watch captain america the first avenger for a long time you know and there's a oh you should though that's no, one, I that's did. one I actually did. i listed yeah i did recently like go and watch it and you know it was kind of like okay i don't need to see that for another five or ten years like i'm fine you know and i feel like that about a lot of the standalone movies like um iron man 2 iron man 3 thor like these are ones that i've very recently in the last couple of weeks rewatched. you know and i don't really need to rewatch them again for quite a long time but the avengers is just so well done that i feel like i'm going to revisit that more and more now that i've gone back and given it like more of an in-depth look and that's kind of the way i feel about the first avenger i really really like the first avenger the first captain america movie is very well put together for what especially for what it is being a period movie with the bookends and just establishing the character and the tone of For me, I guess it kind of establishes the character and tone of the entire universe because it shows what it where it came from, where it's going and what it currently is. Everything about it is just tied together very well. And it just it shows me who the characters are and how things evolve. And for me, and maybe it's my literature background because that's my whole my whole shtick when I teach world literature is, you know, no, no matter what age it is, people are people. And that's kind of what I see in the first Avenger, that people are people no matter what. But you see these subtle differences. And I just see that the first Avenger is just a very well-made movie as well. A lot like the Avengers, where there's a lot going on. But the more I watch it, the more nuance I actually see in it because the filmmakers knew how to make a World War II movie that isn't necessarily the same World War II movie you see on like rerun on TNT all the time. That's an interesting way to think about it. I guess um, it's so subjective for yeah. which movies end up like in the middle and how you rank them. And you and I have gone back and forth about this a lot. We've been talking. <laughs> well, since I've been giving these movies, I did not like a whole lot the first time another shot and finding that some of them are actually worse than I remember. So you and I have kind of been trying to compare our rankings of the MCU yeah. movies. And it's, it's interesting how subjective that becomes, you know, but with that being said, I feel like 
the first Avengers movie, which is, I think technically it's called Marvel's The Avengers, is head and shoulders above the rest easily. Like, no yeah. contest in my mind. And I think... I. I see a lot of people saying that Civil War is a better movie and that it tells a better story and that it's better put together it, and that everything about it is just better than the Avengers. But it does not give me that sense of wonder that I had watching the Avengers for the first time. And maybe it's because it was the first time. Maybe it was the first time you get this ensemble cast of a superhero movie that feels like they're finally built up for something as opposed to, say, the X-Men or the Fantastic Four where they're they're there. You see these people, you don't care about them. But like you had said earlier, you care about these people because it's been built up that even with a better movie and maybe even an objectively better movie in Civil War because of the people who made it do – and I love Whedon – but he he makes Whedon movies, and the Russo brothers definitely make Russo brother movies. So so that's a tangent on its own. But it may be a better movie, but it's not as fun to watch. There's just some kind of essential quality about it that makes me geek out about the Avengers more than I would would with Civil War. And it may be because of it having way more lighthearted moments in it than Civil War does. See, I don't think that Civil War is necessarily a better movie. I think it feels very earned. And it right. feels like a very good payoff of a movie for all of the MCU that has led up to it. And because of that, it's good. I mean, it's a good movie. But The Avengers is like, it can stand alone as a movie. And I don't think Captain America Civil War does. I don't think a lot of the other ones. Yeah. You know, I mean, all of the, the first ones true. stand alone. But I've seen a few different MCU movies with my wife. I've gotten her to see some and not others. When we saw... Okay the Avengers. I think she had only seen Iron Man, the very first Iron Man. So she was missing oh, the context wow. of about, what is that, like five movies in between? You have the Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, the first Avengers. So yeah. four movies. She was missing four movies worth of context that I had, and she didn't need that at all. And she loved the Avengers, and she still loves the Avengers. And everything since then that I've had her go back and rewatch with me, you know, like those movies that she missed the first time around right. or everything going forward. She's kind of been like, take it or leave it. Like, you know, uh, that was okay. You know, like it was, a, it was a blockbuster, you know, cool special effects, mm. but she didn't feel like she really needed to see it. Whereas every time I watch the Avengers, she'll still sit down and watch it with me. That's kind of the way that Austin does with the Marvel movies. My friend Austin always does, always waits on me to buy them on Blu-ray before he watches it. He'll just borrow it whenever I buy it on video so that he uh, doesn't bother going to the theater. Because he's they're fine when he watches them. They're blockbusters, just like just like your wife. And then he's just like, okay, I've seen it now and I'm, you know, I'm okay. <laughs> and I just go crazy over them, Gar except he went crazy on Guardians of the Galaxy which is also right up there in my mind with how high of quality as the Avengers. I've rewatched Guardians uh, way more than probably any of them, and Guardians is just super... It's super fun. And I think that's what I look for in a Marvel movie and why as much as I love Civil War and I love it, it I, I absolutely adored it. It probably won't get nearly as much rewatch from me because it's so serious, kind of like the Dark Knight. It's not Dark Knight serious. There's very few movies that are Dark Knight serious. Right. But Guardians is fun to watch. And that's what it is about the Avengers, too. It's like, oh, this is going to be fun to watch. I like this. And that's what it is for me with Guardians and the Avengers. It's they tell a good story, but they're, they don't take themselves too seriously. I think that's what it is for me, is that I like the movies in this in the MCU that don't take themselves terribly seriously. I really like Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Um, not Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I like it also. Um, <laughs> the second one isn't out yet. But I think that I'm really looking forward to the second one coming out. Yes. And it's interesting because that's one of the few that hasn't actually intersected with the main line of movies yet, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, it feels self-contained on the galactic level, which honestly, like the main MCU movies haven't touched the galactic level yet, except hinting at the Infinity Stones and the Infinity Gauntlet and all of those, you know, like the 30-second the right. scenes you get at the end of the movies, but none of them has really been about the galactic level and i think because of that guardians of the galaxy is still standing on its own which makes it very unique right now compared to the rest of the mcu i, I like it i mean i don't know why i like that one more than others but 
definitely if I look at all of the movies that I say are good, which is kind of most of them I think are good and kind of fall in the middle of my ranking somewhere, Guardians of the Galaxy would be at the upper end of that, if it makes any sense. Yes, absolutely. And I don't actually think any of them are bad. Like there there are some that are definitely movies that I probably won't watch again for another five or ten years, kind of like you said. But there are not any of them where if somebody has it on TV or I go see it in the theater, because these are some of the few movies I actually go and see every one of them in the theater instead of waiting on. There's none of these that I've walked out of and been like, oh, that that was a waste of my time. I really wish that, uh, that I hadn't gone and seen that. But it's like, no, I had fun doing that. I was like, that, that was okay. That was fun. That was good. And even the worst of them, I was like that. I don't feel like I wasted my time. I will disagree with you. I disagree okay. because of one example. And you know it before I even say it because we've talked about this. So there are movies that I don't think were great that, you know, I there are things right. in the MCU that I didn't really like. I didn't really like Iron Man 3. I didn't really like The Incredible Hulk, especially watching back on it. And it has Edward Norton and it has a very different tone than the rest of the movies. Yeah, it does. Um, I didn't like talking about the shows. I didn't like uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I didn't like Agent Carter season two. But these are all these are dislikes, but they're not strong dislikes. It's just, you know, this particular thing wasn't for me and I'm okay with that. I'm glad I saw it once is kind of my feeling. The one thing in the MCU that I feel like wasted my time and every time I've seen it, I regretted the time that I spent with it was Thor Dark World. I think that is a oh. horrible, horrible movie. And I I don't ever want to watch that movie again. Wow. See, I kind of feel that... I Well, I guess in a way I feel that way about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. In terms of the movies, I don't... I like Thor. I like Thor too. For a lot of the reasons that you don't, actually. Because I like the people in it. I like watching these characters who I like watch And these actors I like watching on screen do weird things. And the story's terrible. The villain is awful. There's there's just not a whole lot of meat to it, narratologically. Uh, there, there's but, like there's almost none, almost none yeah, at all. There's there is it is in terms of screenplay, all of this that getting the way that they treat the, some of the characters, the way that they made this made Natalie Portman's character Jane just kind of waste away, and when she's this awesome, fantastic physicist who, and she's just pining away because Thor's there. Thor's not there, rather. I'm like, I mean, to be fair, though, if I was in love with Thor, maybe I'd be doing the same thing because, I mean, look at the man. But no other man can, can compete with Thor, so I get, you know, being a little bit bummed, like, oh, man, these Earth dudes... They ain't Thor, but at the same time, I like whenever everyone is together. I like I like Cat Dennings. I like things like where she goes meow meow and talks about his hammer and things like that make the movies worth watching to me, even if the action and and villain and all of that are really subpar compared to the rest of them. And see, I'm not actually like I'm not down on the cast and I'm not down on the cast interactions and I'm not down on those characters. I just don't like that movie. Like, I still think the first Thor is pretty good. And I'm really excited to see Thor Ragnarok. I'm really excited to see the one coming okay. up. I'm I'm really excited to see what they do with that movie um, because I want to see Thor on the galactic level again. I want to see what they do with possibly right. Thor's buddies because I feel like his little crew that he has was not used well. Like, the, um, yeah. the crew with the powers that are, you know, in his home. But, like, I feel like they just weren't used well. They were used in one scene while he's yeah. escaping, and they just kind of act as a distraction. All of that, plus the fact that the Hulk is going to be in Thor Ragnarok, it could be for, like, a really good movie in the end. I'm very excited that they're going to have have the Hulk and Thor Ragnarok. That is, doing the Planet Hulk story actually does excite me to, to merge those two together. That, that I, I'm hoping that it doesn't feel tacked on. I And I don't actually, I kind of know what you're talking about with the Planet Hulk stuff from being on the outer edges of comicness, but I'm excited to see what they do with it and how... I mean, I'm interested to see if they try to turn it into almost like a buddy movie not like a buddy cop movie <laughs> yeah. but you know like thor and the hulk on a galactic level i don't i don't know i'm just interested to see what they do with it because i'm not i don't want anyone to think i'm down on the character or the cast because i'm not it's just that particular movie and everything else i generally like like i said i have a couple dislikes but they're not super strong dislikes it's just kind of nah, i didn't really like that and then i guess getting back to like my favorites in the mcu 
um, the Avengers, which we already talked about. And then Jessica Jones is, I think, one of the best things they've done with the MCU. So we haven't really touched on the shows yet, but Jessica Jones is one of the Netflix originals. Daredevil season one happened first, and then Jessica Jones season one happened. And then after that, we got Daredevil season two. I think Jessica Jones is one of the best things in the MCU uh, by far, by far. I think Jessica Jones may be the best thing in the MCU, just in terms of overall quality, acting, storyline, emotional investment, build up, pay off everything. It is hands down the best of any of it. I got more invested in it than I did anything else. And the only thing I haven't seen is Daredevil. That is the only only bit of, well, and the newest season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which we will get to, but... Guys, if you're listening to this and you have not seen Jessica Jones, pause this podcast, go binge the entire season of Jessica Jones right now, and then continue this. I, you need to see it. You Finish need to see the Jessica podcast Jones first, and then go watch it. It's just rate the <laughs> podcast first. You could do that too. Then go watch Jessica Jones. It's no, so good, though. Somehow it came up in my class that I taught this year. Uh, I was teaching a freshman composition class, and I don't exactly know how it came up, but maybe it was right after uh, the show had come out, and we were talking, you know, trying to get to know each other, and they were talking about watching shows on Netflix. And they, one of my students said, oh, I've been watching Daredevil, I love that. And I'm like, well, have you seen Jessica Jones yet? Oh, my goodness. And they're like, no. And I'm like, you guys, you, you, need, you, you will need to watch Jessica Jones or you fail. And, uh, of course, I'm joking. I didn't actually fail anyone for not having watched it. But after that weekend, when I, that was a Friday, I came back that Monday, and I had emails from students saying, oh, my goodness, you told me to watch this. I did, and I watched the entire season over the weekend. That was one of the best things I've ever seen. And I, seriously, it's so good. Like, yeah. I want to go watch it now if I didn't know that I was going to be an emotional wreck and tense the entire time is the only reason I haven't rewatched it. Yeah, it's, I mean, okay, so Daredevil was the first Netflix original, and I think what happened with the first season of Daredevil, and one of the reasons I don't like it, is it's the first time that the MCU got to be mature and get that, like, not rated, you know? If it is rated, it's rated M or R or whatever the Netflix equivalent rating would be. But because it's the first Uh time that they got to do that with the MCU, they went too far. The first season of Daredevil is hyper-violent, but it's not hyper-violent yes, it in a way that actually pays off in terms of the story. Like, none of it feels earned. Some some of it does. Some of it fits. Some of the hyper-violence really works in that world. But a lot of it is just, it feels like violence for violence sake because they can do it. And yeah. Jessica Jones is, like, they got that out of their system. And then they said, oh, we can still make a mature show dealing with mature topics. Right? How do we actually approach this? in a measured way and make it good and consistent all the way through and use our mature rating to the most extent. And it pays off so amazingly. And I think they, they also learned from that and daredevil season two is much, much better than season one. I love daredevil season two, but Jessica Jones is just, I don't know. How would you describe it to someone who hasn't seen it without ruining it? I don't want to spoil it for anyone because I don't want to give the twist, but you know what I mean? It's a superhero story about someone who didn't do well at being a superhero, but it doesn't really deal with powers and things like that. It's not a, it's not a traditional spandexy superhero story. Not at all. It really deals with how can I how would you put it? It's it is very internal. It deals with that character's emotional state and mental trauma that had happened to her. And it's the aftermath of all of that where you're not worried about an epic galactic battle. There's nothing on that scale. You are tense because of the things that happened in Jessica's past and the things that are happening right now. You are very rarely physically afraid for her, but you are mentally and emotionally invested in her mental and emotional well-being from the get-go. You said that much better than I could have said it. And I think part of it is it's a very, very good human drama. Yes. And some of the characters happen to have superpowers. Yes. Like the, the drama comes first and that makes it so amazing. 
it is exactly like Battlestar Galactica in the sense that the way I describe Battlestar to people is that it's a military drama that happens to have robots in it. This is, like you said, a personal drama that people happen to have superpowers in it. Yes, there you go. You nailed it. That's a very good way to say it without giving away any of the really cool stuff that happens during the first season. I yeah. It's just I can't wait until Jessica Jones gets either season two or gets pulled into some of the other shows like The Defenders we know is coming along. And I just think it's the best thing that the MCU has done. So if you like the movies or especially if you like any of the shows and you haven't seen Jessica Jones yet, you really owe it to yourself to go out and watch that particular piece of the MCU because like in terms of everything they've produced, the two things that are head and shoulders above the rest in my mind are the Avengers and Jessica Jones for different reasons, but they're both just fantastic. Right. And I still need to get in and see the entire show of Daredevil. I've watched the first five episodes of Daredevil. Both uh, I started watching it, stopped, waited on my wife. She started it. We got to the same point that I ended it before and never picked it back up. Because it was hyper-violent, it was super serious, and I very much enjoyed it, but you're right, it didn't feel earned at that point. There were a couple of points where the fight scenes early on in the first season, I was I was enthralled because of how well choreographed they were. There's one oh, particular yeah. fight scene down a hallway that I think you know which one. I think I've talked to you about this one before. That's amazing from you, a cinematography standpoint, that particular fight also. Yes. There's a really cool one in season two also that has amazing cinematography. But yeah, I mean, the fights oh, are good. good. You're right. They're good, and, and they're visceral, and I feel felt that fight as I'm watching it. But then, not to spoil anything, but uh, people should probably already know that the Kingpin is the villain. And when they're establishing the Kingpin, there is a very, very brutal scene in an early episode with the Kingpin. We watched this. I watched it, and even knowing that it was coming up, watching it the second time, it was honestly so hyper-violent that I cringed again, knowing it's fake, knowing what's going on, and knowing it, expecting it, that I still don't feel as though that's why I should be terrified of that character. Is it? Okay, I don't so feel it. The first season, I didn't love, but I got through it, and then at the end, I was glad that I saw it so that I had the context for the rest of the stuff right. they're doing on Netflix. Are you talking about, is it the car scene, or is it something else? The yes, car door? it's okay. the car scene. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can see how that would be very off-putting. And it actually, what it kind of turns out is that Daredevil Season 1 is just as much, if not more, a story about the origin of Fisk than it is about the origin of Daredevil. But- I see that. I could totally see that from where I am. I definitely need to see it. And I'm probably going to go back and re- watch it soon. I'll get through Game of Thrones this season and then probably move into Daredevil. Which is killing it, by the way. You got to catch up. But anyway, sorry, MCU. Um, <laughs> So so Daredevil season one, I, one of my big problems is that just the pacing is and quality is wildly inconsistent throughout the whole thing. Um, It doesn't it didn't hold my attention through the whole entirety of season one. But there were certain scenes that were amazing and there were certain episodes that were amazing. But a lot of the time there would be a bad episode with like one amazing scene in it or one amazing shot. And it's just it was just so wildly varying, you know, that it yeah. it didn't hold up. And then the other problem that I have with it, which I've talked about this before, I don't like origin stories at this point because I think that that's boring. They need to get to the point where the character is a fully realized character, which means you have to get beyond the origin and the whole yeah. season one is the origin of Daredevil. Which they're moving into with Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. I was so happy when Spider-Man showed yeah. up in Civil War, and his backstory was like 10 minutes, not even. They just glossed right over it and yep. jumped into, okay, you're going to be with us now. And that was also something that I think that they're learning at this point, that they don't need a whole lot of origin for certain characters, because we have we have Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, and his show is not going to be an origin show. We have Spider-Man, where he's not going to have an origin story. Agent Carter is an origin story and stuff like that. But even Jessica Jones herself, it's not an origin story. All of the, her being a superhero happened years before all of this, that this is the aftermath of all of it, that they are getting to the point where not everything has to be an origin story. 
And I like that a lot. I'm I'm happy about that. And I hope that you're right with the Netflix series because the next one's coming up, like you said, Luke Cage and then Iron Fist and then The Defenders, they all kind of tie together into Jessica Jones and Daredevil. So I think that as that goes along, they'll feel less and less like they have to really backtrack and give everyone this super involved backstory. I think, again, that was one of the things they got out of their system with Daredevil season one. And now they're moving beyond it, which is really good. And I'm right. excited for all of those other Netflix ones coming up whenever they eventually come out. Yeah, I haven't even looked at a schedule to know when they are, but I'm super excited when they, because of how awesome Jessica Jones was, I'm going to be watching the rest of them as they come out. For sure. I completely agree. What do you think about the shows in general on the MCU? I know we talked about the Netflix ones, but how do you feel? I mean, just while we're talking about the shows, how do you feel about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, Agent Carter? I wanted to like Agent Carter so much. I wanted to. And there are moments in season one that are truly, truly wonderful. But they have the problem in Agent Carter that a lot of the... uh, This is from my wife. This is not the way that I put it, but it is brilliant. And it perfectly sums up the problem with most of the MCU. And specifically Thor The Dark World as well. The problem with Agent Carter is that there is a very interesting character... And she has a very, and there is a very interesting side character and a couple of really uh, minor characters that you like watching. And then there is a shiny thing that emits color that does something bad. We don't really know what it is, but it's this MacGuffin that they have to go after. And instead of investing the time with the characters who you like, you get the origin or the the the, the side story with this MacGuffin, this shiny object, the, this glowing thing that is almost in every in almost every one of the Marvel movies and shows. And it just made Agent Carter fall flat that I liked watching Peggy and uh, Jarvis together. If there was a buddy cop show with those two in it, and they were the only two characters, I would be down every week. But everyone else in the show just felt so... Not everyone, but honestly, most of the men in the show just felt interchangeable. I didn't like any of them. I don't even remember their names outside of Howard Stark. I feel the same way. I I can see that part of it. But I mean... I I actually really liked um And they didn't let one. Peggy do anything. That was my big issue. That even in a show about her being awesome and the one shot for Agent Carter was awesome, they still didn't let her be awesome on ABC. So I'm I'm I didn't even watch season two. I watched one episode and stopped. I just didn't care. And Jennifer was the same way. And it we we finally just had to have a conversation like I don't really like this show. She's like, no, I don't really. Uh, she said, I just, I, I wish I liked it more. I want to like it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like it either. And so we just stopped wasting our time on it. That's one of the few where I felt like I would have been wasting my time. And you did not actually miss out on anything in season two. Um, I, I actually really liked season one and what they were doing. I agree with all your points, but I still liked it as a season. I thought it was good, good enough TV. Like it ha- had my attention, but season two completely fell apart for me season two of agent carter feels like they wanted Uh, to make a movie and they made a 10 hour poorly paced uh, movie and just randomly cut it up every time they hit the 42 minute mark like it's it just doesn't hold together at all that's bad it is bad but oh and then like i think you're the same i really wanted to like agents of shield but i just yeah i tried it i i watched all of season one and people told me it gets better after this certain point and it got marginally better but still not enough to make it worth it to me and then everyone said well you made it through season one season one is kind of the bad season you should watch season two so i watched all of season two and i didn't like it at all so season three came out and i'm just okay i'm like i'm done with that i i don't need agents of shield it's not for me i can see why some people like it but it's just not my kind of tv I'm there. I stopped watching it after season two as well. I completely, we haven't even looked at the first episode of it. And honestly, I don't even feel as though I'm missing anything from it. That's the sad thing is I invested time in watching seasons one and two, liked them well enough and just completely lost interest that I was not invested in it like I am in so many other shows. Yeah, it seems like the big network shows for the Marvel TV shows just they're not my kind of TV and I don't know. I can't speak for everyone, right? That would be, that's not cool. You don't speak for everyone, but 
I wonder how long-term they're going to hold up on those big networks because once they're off of those big networks and you see what they're doing on Netflix, like I love what they're doing on Netflix, you know, where right. they have more freedom to let them be whatever. I'm, I'm just so much more excited for the Netflix shows that are going to come out that we already know are in the works than anything they could announce on network TV for the Marvel Universe. And I think that you hit the nail on the head. I think it's the amount of freedom that they have that they went too far with the first season of Daredevil, like you said, but they're not allowed to do anything with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they weren't with Agent Carter because it's ABC, because it's a primetime ABC show. And on Netflix, I don't like those kinds of hyper-violent shows. I don't like... I like kid-friendly shows. I like family-friendly shows. Those are, we run a clean podcast because we think that you can say and do anything that you need to say or do in the capacity that, that can be family-friendly. Absolutely. But, and I, but I, and so I like the hyper-violence at times, and I, but I don't think it's necessary. But at the same time, the freedom the network allows them to have versus one of the major networks like ABC is so much more... I don't even know. I don't want to say freeing. The freedom is freeing, but it's... But it is. I mean, that's what it is, you but, know? But it they is. They have more control over what they're going to do with those shows, and I think it makes a better end product. So far, that's that's kind of been the case. I'm not opposed to it. You know, if they bring another Marvel show out on a network, I am going to watch it. I'm going to give it a chance, and I'm going to want to like it, even if I don't end up liking it yep. in the end, which is what happened with Agent Carter Season 2 and all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But, I mean... Both of us really like the movies. Both of us have a couple of the Netflix things that we really like. Um, how do you feel about like what's next in the MCU? Because I'm really excited for, I guess technically we're in phase three right now. So we'll get more yeah. and more development with the characters we already have. And then after the Infinity War stuff, I, I suspect that a lot of contracts are up and a lot of the heroes that we know and love their time might be over. Like we might get hero yeah. deaths there and kind of a reset for a new group of heroes. I kind of hope that's what happens. Honestly, I would like to actually feel as though there is a, that there is a real price that can be paid. I would love for them to actually kill some of the characters in Infinity War and not bring them back. But I'm really excited. I am actually r ridiculously excited for Doctor Strange now that I cannot wait until this fall to be able to watch Doctor Strange. Yeah, well, everybody loves Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, that's that's a no-brainer, right? That's true. I mean, I, and I love his voice. I wasn't sold on him. I'm not sold on him because even watching even watching some of Sherlock and, and, you know, the other things that he's been in, I'm not a huge fan. I think he's very talented. But the moment that I heard him speak as Doctor Strange... I was sold that that was the moment where I could just feel that character being what I thought Stephen Strange would be on the screen. And see, I know almost nothing about Doctor Strange. Um, you you gave me a couple good places to look, so I actually went and found like a four or five comic arc that kind of recapped his origin, okay. which was interesting. But I I don't have any feeling positive or negative towards Doctor Strange. I mean, you could have called the movie anything and told me any hero was in it, but. <laughs> when I found out that it was Benedict Cumberbatch, I knew like, I like what he does with the roles that he's given and he always owns the role and he always turns it into something worth my time to see at least once. And True. I love him in Sherlock and I like him in basically everything I've seen with him. So I knew once he was announced as the lead that I was going to be excited for the movie. And I am, I'm still kind of yeah. like, Oh, whatever. I'll give Dr. Strange as a character a shot, but him as an actor playing that character, I have a lot of confidence in. And I got super bummed out. I can't remember if it was this morning or yesterday that I saw it, just kind of scrolling through Facebook in the morning. I saw that there was a mock-up of what a Doctor Strange Disney Infinity uh, a Doctor Strange Disney Infinity figure would have looked like. And uh. it looked brilliant. It was so well put together. It looked... I would have bought this one and played so much Disney Infinity with it. And they're never going to make it because, you know, they canceled the Disney Infinity line. But the Doctor Strange figure they did, you should look that up. I should, I should find a link and include it in the show notes to show people what it looks like. Because it is, it is super cool looking. And I'm really sad that it's never going to be able to be on my shelf. 
Okay, so we're excited for Doctor Strange. Um, we talked about Thor Ragnarok. I think both of us are excited for that. Basically, what we're looking at, um, as we sit right now, as we're recording this podcast, the next movie out is Doctor Strange. After that is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which these start going into 2017 and beyond. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, ah. Black Panther, and then we get into the Avengers Infinity War Part 1, then Ant-Man and the Wasp, then Captain Marvel, and then finally, the last one currently announced is Avengers Infinity War Part 2. So I'm looking at all of those and just kind of thinking, yes, like I, I want to see all of those movies and I'm excited yes. for all of them. The only one that I'm not like super, super pumped for is Ant-Man and the Wasp, but I'll see it and I'll, yep. I'll probably like it. I see no reason why I won't like it. I'm not excited for it. It's going to come and I'm going to watch it and I'm going to enjoy it because I don't think there is going to be very much they could do to it that would make me hate it. But I cannot bring myself to be excited for it, even though I love Ant-Man. I love the character. I see Paul Rudd as Ant-Man and I just love him as Scott Lang. I've only seen the movie once, though. I haven't even bothered since it came out on Blu-ray and DVD. And I actually rewatched that as part of my rewatch recently, and it's better the second time when you know what you're getting in for when you sit down to watch the right. movie like the first time i saw it i i liked it i you know i didn't dislike it i definitely liked it as a movie but the second time sitting down i knew what i was getting into and i knew what kind of movie it was so i could just kind of sit back and enjoy it for that instead of expecting yeah. something else so yeah i mean ant-man and the wasp i will watch it and i'm sure i'll like it like unless it's absolutely horrible for some reason but like historically speaking i'll probably like it everything else on this list i'm super excited for i mean like doctor strange like guardians of the galaxy yes give me more of that spider-man homecoming hopefully they finally do a spider-man movie correctly you know and like black panther after captain america civil war yeah i want to see more about black panther as a character i'm really curious about him i cannot wait for black panther and I mean, Captain Marvel is going to be cool, too. Like they don't have enough female superheroes in the mix right now. No. So to finally get one of the mainline female superheroes into the mix is going to be great for them, I think. And I know so little about Captain Marvel that I am so excited for 2019 to see this movie because I'm finally going to be able to learn about her. I mean, before then, I'm going to read a bunch of the comics, I'm sure, because, you know, I have three years before it comes out. But I'm very excited because I don't know anything about her. I like everything that I see her in. I like all of the crossovers. I like her in Disney Infinity, for goodness sakes. But I don't actually know that much about Carol Danvers. The only thing I wished was different about it is that it was a Ms. Marvel movie instead of Captain Marvel. If they had done Kamala Khan, oh, I I would just nerd out so hard. But you, you kind of have to do Captain Marvel first to be you able to have do. that storyline. And I, I agree with you. If they ever made Miss Marvel or Ms. Marvel, M.S. Dot is what we're saying here. It's just harder to hear in vocal form. If they ever make a Ms. Marvel with Kamala Khan, I'm there. Like, I'm a completely bought in because that's a fantastic comic. But I think you have to establish Captain Marvel first and set her up before yeah, you, really you can do. move on to that storyline. So yeah, I I guess overall, we're excited. We're excited for the MCU. We like it. We told you guys about the couple things that we didn't especially love, especially that Thor movie that I don't... Oh, oh. Besides that, we like the MCU. We're excited. Um, Except for Age of Ultron. Boo! Boo! Uh, no, you're you're just wrong. We could get into that, but that that would take too long to fight about Age of Ultron, and then I would have to bring up Captain America: Winter Soldier, and then we'd have to get into that discussion it's again. True. <laughs> it's true, and then everyone would be listening, and this is a five-hour podcast at that point. Basically, but... basically, I like Age of Ultron a lot, and he does not, and he likes Winter Soldier a lot, and. I, I think it's highly overrated. I think it's a good movie, but I don't think it's a great movie. That's the gist of it there. You guys got the argument without actually hearing the argument. <laughs> That's true. Or the or the days-long strings of text messages that end up coming that are intermittently uh, interrupted by voice chats that we have about it. Oh, it's so true. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about the MCU in general besides just being excited? I'm excited. I'm excited for the next movie. I'm always excited for the next movie in the MCU. I'm very excited about what's coming next in the MCU, and I feel really bad for DC. 
that not to bash on DC, but they're trying to play catch up so hard for what the MCU did over such a long period of time that if Suicide Squad and Justice League don't do what they're hoping they do, I actually feel bad for the company because it's going to be kind of embarrassing. And it's not as though I'm not a DC guy. I absolutely love DC Comics. In a lot of ways, I am a DC guy. But their movies and things like that just haven't been up to par outside of the Batman movies. And I don't want them to stop making them because Marvel movies do so much better. I agree with you, I think. I don't know as much about DC, but I I totally get where you're coming from. And we'll have to keep an eye on that. But I mean, as far as the MCU goes, if you guys keep listening to the podcast, I'm pretty sure you're going to get a review episode for every single MCU movie that comes out like a dedicated episode, because both of us are very invested in this world. Just like if you keep listening to the podcast, there's no way we're not doing Star Wars episodes for every single Star (laughs) Wars movie that comes out. These are two series that both of us are completely bought into, like you know, we're there. We will cover this stuff as we go on. So if you guys have opinions about it, throw it our way. We'd love to hear what you think about the MCU because we will keep covering it as it goes on. That being said, it's probably time for our weekly geekery. If you don't know what that is, it's where we share what we've been geeking out about this week. How about you? What have you been geeking out about? Okay, so I I was originally going to do my bike because I've been learning how to work on my bike for a very long time. And I'm just going to include, I'm just going to say that I've been learning how to cycle and be a newbie at it. So learning how to put things together, take them apart, change tires, all of that. I'm learning how to do that. You should definitely do it if you're into cycling. I'm just going to leave the link that Void left for me in the show notes for you guys. Just make sure you click on the link that says my bike under Weekly Geek 3. <laughs> oh, I forgot but I did that. <laughs> I loved it. I laughed so hard. So you guys yes, go just have fun that with link. that. That's on. That's that's all from Void. That was a gift. But my weekly geekery is Redneck Avengers. If you've never seen, did you watch it when I sent it to you? I have to no, ask. No, I did not. You didn't send it to me. You told me you were going to, and then you didn't. Oh, then the link didn't send. I sent it in one, a text. You, you you have to watch it. It's linked in the notes now. Okay. This is one of the bad lip reading YouTube videos. This it is one of the funniest videos i've ever seen i hate youtube videos for the most part in terms of when someone walks up to me and like hey dude you need to watch this youtube video it's so funny and i'm like i'm sure it's hilarious but this is one where we show people when they come over to our house because it's a bad lip reading of the avengers this is it's the avengers characters reimagined as a family of rednecks in tulsa it's called wow. redneck avengers tulsa nights for the most part Jennifer and I have had entire conversations in quotes from Redneck Avengers, and we still, these are comebacks in our household. That it's because I hear her screaming them in the other room right now, actually. She heard the word (laughs) Redneck Avengers, and uh, you guys need to watch this. I will. I mean, you don't usually recommend YouTube videos, so I will have to check it out. If you're recommending it as, yeah, okay, I'll give it a shot. There are very few things that I cackle at at the TV every single time I watch it, and I I am just hoping they eventually do a sequel to this one because this is one of the best, I think, five minutes that I have ever spent. I love it. Nice. So when we did MCU, I had to show, you know, there's the Avengers, then there's Redneck Avengers, then there's Jessica Jones. <laughs> cool. I'll check that one out. Okay. So what do you got? Um, I Last week was crazy with E3 stuff. The only thing I've really yeah. done for Geekery is the four-job fiesta, which I'm still picking away at. Um, I explained this a couple episodes ago, but if you don't know, the four-job fiesta is playing Final Fantasy V And it has a very intricate job system that has a ton of different jobs in it. And if you play the game normally, you mix and match jobs throughout the whole thing and you constantly switch it up, teach your characters tons of stuff and kind of like equip jobs as needed for different bosses. The four job fiesta is where you get to the first crystal, which gives you your first set of jobs. You tweet at this bot and it gives you one job from that crystal. That's the only one you can use. The same thing happens for the next three crystals, and in the end, you only have four jobs in the entire game that you are allowed to use, and you have to beat the rest of the game with only those four jobs. And one character has to be each job. So it can get very interesting. And I have a group of people online that have done this many, many years in a row. It's my first year doing it, but I'm so glad I have them. 
every time I get stuck, they have some kind of strategy or some kind of workaround or something I can do to overcome it with my current party, which can okay. be difficult sometimes. And sometimes you just roll over something because you have the right party combination. Other times you have to really find a unique workaround, which is all part of the challenge, right? That's why it's a challenge run. That's why it's there. The whole thing is for charity. If you want to, you can give a little bit of money and actually buy your way out of the jobs you have. So if you are completely stuck and you need to switch one job, you give a couple bucks and you're allowed to switch it in the system. That's how they make money for charity, as well as having people donate for berserkers. But we talked about that before. And I'm really amazed at hearing about this one, that summoners in Final Fantasy V can't heal. Because I truly thought they could. I thought it was going to be much easier on you than having a summoner who was purely a DPS class. Right. So in a lot of the other Final Fantasy games, um, some of these roles would be a hybrid. So like your summoner typically is also kind of a white mage. Um, but in Final Fantasy V, they are very distinct classes. So I am into the second world now. And so I have all of my jobs assigned. My party, which is going to be my party for the rest of it, is Black Mage, Summoner, Beastmaster, and Samurai. And I've never really used summoner Beastmaster, or samurai in this game so it's been interesting i'm glad i got black mages though because black mages are never like <laughs> there's never a point where you go oh man i'm so sad i have that black magic to back me up it's always nice to have but yeah it's it's been very interesting having to figure out how to work with especially Beastmaster and summoner and just kind of make the party work. But it's been a lot of fun. I've had fun talking to you about it too and kind of telling you all the strategies I've had to do. And I cannot wait to hear how you're going to beat the rest of this game with these classes. Like, I want to know how the final boss goes with just these kind of DPS characters. I will keep you in the loop. All right, you better. And to keep the rest of you guys in the loop, uh, you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com, or you can reach us on Twitter as at geek2geekcast. If you want to get email updates about any of our network's podcasts, you can sign up at www.geek2geekcast.net and tell us which shows you want updates about. I, as always, blog almost daily at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom, that's green mushroom without the E's, on Twitter. I also run the Video Game News Now podcast, so if you're interested in video game headline news done very quickly, look up the podcast. It's on all the major services. I bring the news to you so you don't have to hunt for it. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beege. That's Beege with two E's. And I host the Geek Fitness Health Hacks podcast that you can find at all of the normal podcast places as well as geekfitness.net slash podcast. We've been Void and Beege with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.